0: The tragic events that took place at Parkland High School's, uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. Um, we are inviting your shared memories about that day. Um, certainly people who were directly affected, um, can feel free to call in. Uh, those who were di- indirectly affected, and I think we all were, um, also can feel free to call in some things that, uh, that we, we are going to be discussing in this next hour, or that I'm going to be talking about, are the changes. What changes have taken place? We had a caller from Lake Worth who said that her school, her son's school, had now um, one entrance and exit only, as well as active shooter drill training taking place on a regular basis, uh, at which time parents are informed. Those are, are good, good ideas, and, and certainly the Thousands of students around the country who became activated and took to the streets and who hashtagged, uh, you know, enough, hashtag enough and all of those. They mobilized a new generation of voters as well. Candidates also were emboldened, many of them confronting the issue in the midterm elections, some rewarded with victory. Uh, some not so much, but the Democrats took back control of the House, and I don't think it's in any small part to the young uh, votes that came out. Uh, the legacy of the massacre is something that is going to affect the country's uh, conscience forever, um, and we have seen a shift. Um, in particular, you're seeing candidates who are running on a single issue, guys like um the f- husband of, of uh, Giffords, the congresswoman who was shot in Arizona. Her husband, who is a astronaut in his own right, has declared that he's running for the Senate, and he is running a, a an organization right now, Giffords uh, um, Gun Violence Prevention Group, uh, which was founded by Gabrielle Giffords and her husband, who has now decided to run for Senate seat. Um, even under Republican control of both chambers, the, um, some of the gun industry's top priorities were stalled. Um, certainly for people who wanted to be easier to carry concealed firearms over state borders and were looking for a, uh, a, a countrywide concealed carry permit, um, that, that, that just got shoved to the side when all of these discussions began to take place. Um, One of the most prominent changes that you saw happened right here in our state. This is a state that has always uh, been gun-friendly, a state with a very large uh, NRA presence, and lawmakers here did raise the gun-purchasing age and did impose a three-day waiting period. So change happens when people... Um, are motivated enough to clamor for change. And I don't know, I don't have to agree with all the change, you know. I don't have to, um, I don't have to put down people who feel differently about the issue, the Second Amendment issue than I do. Um, I can have a civil discussion with them, although I find that they're not, um, eager to have that discussion. Um, and they just, they react rather than be proactive. Um, we had one of the deadliest shootings just prior to the Parkland massacre where 59 people at an outdoor concert in Las Vegas um with hundreds injured and uh, 26 churchgoers in Sutherland Springs, Texas. And of course, we all remember the o- Orlando uh, Pulse nightclub shooting. And these are... These are incidents that are burned into our memories and in many instances alter the way we think about certain things. I can remember in the days following uh, the Parkland shooting getting into a very heated discussion with Congressman Brian Mast who uh, had a complete reversal on his Second Amendment position and felt that – that certain weapons should no longer be available to civilians. And, you know, as I pointed out to him, if, uh, you know, if only criminals have access to certain weapons and only um, the military has access to certain weapons, then the citizen is no longer a citizen. The citizen is a subject and that citizen could uh, be left in a position where they cannot protect themselves. And that for me is untenable. The second amendment is not something that has any wiggle room in it at all. Um, we are not to infringe upon the right of an individual uh, to protect themselves or to use a gun in search of food or anything else. Those are things that uh, are inherent in our constitution. Other things are not so necessary. I mean, you don't have the a constitutional right to drive a car. You don't have a constitutional right to health care, in my opinion, although apparently uh, Justice Robertson and, and Nancy Pelosi disagreed with me. But there's nothing in the Constitution about those things. There is something very specific in the Constitution about legislation having to do with gun ownership. So these are problems and questions that we need to discuss. And gun rights activists have a right um to speak up. Uh They also need to remember that uh, not everyone in the country is going to agree with them, and that many of us, you know, know, I think about how you know, somebody had sent me an email this morning, and I said, I don't think I'm going to be talking about that today, and in fact, I find myself needing to talk about that today. Um, Many of victims will immediately whatever they're victimized by whether it's uh, they feel unjust border uh, you know control or anything else they will inevitably conflate that with the NRA i mean we had a congresswoman who uh, you know posted some pretty anti-semitic tropes on the internet um was called on it challenged by even members of her own party and she resorted immediately to comparing uh the lobby for you know israeli interests with the nra um and and thought that that was somehow going to be derogatory and i i'm insulted by that you know many people in in america are members of the a National Rifle Association and, and are grateful that there's an organization that speaks up to them, but they have a fifth or a fiftieth <laughs> of the power that other lobbyists do. So, um, I just hate that they exploit. You know, any high-profile tragedy, they use it to sensationalize, they play on people's emotions uh, instead of doing their jobs, which is to really address the underlying issues that are causing these shootings. And I think that's something that we have to talk about. Um, You know, the industry the gun industry is accustomed to people believing that the latest shooting whichever shooting takes place is going to bring this to you know its knees the gun industry to its knees they said that after sandy hook and of of course they said it again here um with the exception of florida the blue states got bluer and the red states got redder and that's just the way it's been um Gun control, according to most major polls, is not a top priority for Americans. It does not fall into the same categories as the economy, as national security, as immigration. And that's simply, um, a fact. That's not my editorializing. So I think those are things that we have to, um, we have to uh, leave account for. I don't think the needle has really moved. Uh, very much on either side, but I am always encouraged by activism, regardless of which side that activism takes place. I particularly like when young people get activated. I only ask that they educate themselves about things and not just speak from emotion because emotion is never going to win an argument. it may make uh people stop discussing something, but it will not um It will not change minds. So that's something that I've become acutely aware of since the shooting in Parkland is many people became much more um, dug in in their particular perspective. If you'd like to weigh in on the Parkland event uh, a year ago, the tragedy that took place at Marjorie Stoneman High- Douglas High School, um, this is an opportunity for you to hear your voice heard. Um, we're going to go to line one in Tamarack. Rhonda, you're on the air.
1: Hello? Very, very often, it's not every day that I can. Uh, Parkland is about, oh, maybe about 20 minutes from, uh, from where we live in, in Tamarack. Mm-hmm. However, I had no idea about, uh, uh, and in Douglas High School until my grandson started going to Terra Vella and joined the marching band. And he was very adamant about the fact that their biggest, uh, Uh, contender for top prizes in the the state for a band, the best band, was Douglas, Mm -hmm. and that's how I came to know about Douglas, and I said that I had absolutely no connection with Douglas until I heard the terrible, the most horrible, horrific news last year, Mm -hmm. and I am so touched, so touched by what you're doing, you know, to, to let people. People call and give their feelings, and although I am not personally involved with it, I, I still feel now there there is some connection, and it is is most touching. Mm-hmm. And keep up the good work, uh-huh. uh, Joyce. You are a, a treasure, an yeah. absolute treasure. I thank and just you. Keep you know keep just keep working as you do. for our country and for everybody. I appreciate appreciate you taking my call.
0: I appreciate your calling. Thank you so much, Rhonda. You know, it's interesting. That's the second mom who expressed a connection to Marjorie Stoneman Douglas through a child who was in a marching band at another school. You know, we forget that our kids interact with children all over the county, all over South Florida, and sometimes all over the state or the country uh, through some of these extracurricular activities are r o t c uh that brings all the cadets together in the state or the marching bands or the or the bands in general or the forensics you know the debate teams and and they interact with children from other schools and so this hit home with many other. Uh, families, they knew someone who knew someone. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll go back to the phones. 877-850-8585. I particularly want to hear from parents who have, uh, struggled with, um, whether or not they feel the school their children are attending have taken sufficient, uh, per- precautions or changed in a manner that they feel will make a difference. Welcome back. The one-year anniversary of the tragedy that took place in our backyard. You know, I live right uh, in the area. Many of the students that went to Marjorie Stoneman Douglas are in families that I've known for years. My own children went to school in Broward County, and they're, uh, you know, as, as many of the parents are pointing out. A lot of the high school students are connected to one another through uh many of the activities that they get involved in whether it's a marching band or ROTC or science club or forensics so many families have been impacted (coughs) anyway excuse me Um, I keep working even when I don't feel that good we're going to take some calls now at 877-850-8585 and let me go into West Palm Ellie you're on the line
2: Go ahead. Hi. Um, My name's Elise. I live up in, um, I live in West Palm. My son goes to school at William T. Dwyer and Gardens. Okay. And they totally upped their game. So they have only one gate open to come in and out of during the day. Okay. They have two cops that are, are in one parking lot and another's in another parking lot. And then in the middle there's a roundabout. And two cops are there and then they bring in dogs randomly twice a week. Wow. The principal phone blasts the parents every single night. He tells, um, that, you know, they tell, he tells us what we, you know, what the kids did. Um, he also lets us know when there's going to be a drill before. Right. So phone blast and tell us, you know, that there's going to be a fire drill or you know any sort of other like practice drill for anything and um and then they have volunteer you know like um guards not like policemen you know like guards or whatever right driving around in golf carts on the premises
0: yeah listen so, that's what's ne- that's what's necessary at this point in time don't you think
2: Mhm. Mm-hmm. yeah of course yeah um, of course
0: and I guess I mean, part of me is really, um, you know, still disturbed that we that we missed so many signs in that particular incident. And you know, I think as as parents and as members of this community, we have to be activated and we have to hold the uh, everyone to account who failed in that instance, because otherwise these situations are going to reoccur.
2: Something else, actually, I just thought of. Whenever there's um some sort of function at school. Right. The parents have to bring a a clear plastic bag and they can only carry their wallet and their keys in.
0: Nice. Hey, listen, uh, you know, I, I never thought I'd be saying that all these restrictions were a good idea, but all these restrictions are in fact a good idea. Uh, oh
2: please! I grew up. To, I grew up in the Bronx. Like we didn't go through half
0: of it. I know, and, but you know, think back to those days, because I, I, you know, I went to high school in the Bronx, and you know, mm. uh, I, I remember the one thing that my parents didn't worry about was when I went to school. It was after school yeah. that they had to worry, you know. But yeah. I was safe in my school. Anyway, uh, you know, I I give you credit. I, I I don't know if I could be raising kids uh at this time. I I have enough to worry about with my grandkids who are, you know, gonna, oh. you're beginning now the whole school experience. But thanks so much, Ellie, for your call. I appreciate your Thank input. Thank
2: you so much. Take uh,
0: care. All right, you too. Hey, well, that's good news that some of these schools have stepped up their games. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're looking back over the last year and all of the um, s- s- all of the people who have emerged from the Parkland shooting with, uh, you know, a certain amount of of notoriety or prestige when you think about it. They're probably the most prominent spokesman for the March for Our Lives, a group that he and other Stoneman Douglas students founded is uh, David Hogg, Stoneman Douglas. Uh, again, I think he was a senior. Yeah, he was a senior at the time. And that organization that he helped found, the March for Our Lives, won the International Children's Peace Prize. And his activism led to a significant amount of criticism for him as well. He and his younger sister, Lauren, wrote a book called Never Again A New Generation Draws the Line. And he will be, uh, he took the one year off instead of going directly to school, and he will be attending. Harvard in the fall. Uh, One of the other uh, young people who emerged was Kyle Kashov, the Stoneman Douglas Douglas Sr., has become the most prominent conservative voice among the students. He has met with the president and with uh, members of Congress and Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. Kashov was a member of Governor Ron DeSantis' transition team and is high school outreach director for Turning Point USA, which, of course, is uh, Charlie Kirk and um, Candace, um, their group that basically works with college age conservative students. And um, Kyle has been appointed at the helm of the outreach to high school students. Of course, one of the parents who has emerged is Andy Pollock. Andy has become a friend. Um, his 18-year-old daughter Meadow did die in the shooting. Uh, he has become the most outspoken critic of the school uh, and law enforcement officials, um, among all of the victims' parents. And he is a force now in Florida's conservative politics. He has met with uh, the president. He ha- was on COVID- Governor DeSantis's transition team. And he is now um protesting in front of city furniture most days, pushing for the removal of Broward school superintendent Robert Runcy and he is also the only parent that I know of that is suing the perpetrator of this crime whose name i will never say on the air the broward school district he's suing and he's sh- suing the sheriff's office as well as deputy scott peterson who was on duty at the school during the shooting but did not enter the building to confront the shooter another parent who has uh, Uh, become a a vocal person is Fred Gutenberg, whose 14-year-old daughter Jamie was killed. He has become an outspoken advocate on the other side for gun control and every other liberal cause. He did draw uh, national attention once when he approached the new Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh during the confirmation hearings. He said he um, extended his hand and that Kavanaugh walked away. Uh, Justice Kavanaugh said he did not know who he was, and he was really kind of preoccupied with what was going on. Uh, he was also part of the transition team for New State Agriculture Commissioner, Nikki Freed, which is, uh, he, she is actually Florida's only statewide Democratic office holder and, and proponent of gun control. Um, Ryan Petty, whose 14-year-old daughter Elena died, was appointed to the State Commission investigating the shooting. His comments tended to hit at police and school system failures, he perceived. He did lose a bid for the Broward County School Board, but was also part of uh, Governor DeSantis's transition team. Max Schachter, uh, whose 14-year-old son Alex died, became the emotional voice of the parents as a member of the State Commission and founder of the group Safe Schools for Alex. He has traveled extensively looking at school security systems. Lori Alhadeff, whose 14-year-old daughter Alyssa was killed, won a school board seat representing Parkland in August. She tried hiring a Runcie critic as her secretary, but the superintendent said the woman, who happened to have been a college instructor who holds a doctorate, was unqualified because she didn't have related experience. And, uh, of course, we all know that that was political. Uh, Aladef has pushed uh, Superintendent Runcie to set a timeline for implementing school security projects. Um, Tony Montalto, whose 14 year old daughter Gina was killed, is president of Stand with Parkland, a group of parents and spouses of the victims. The group has pushed for enhanced school security measures Better mental health screening programs and universal background checks for gun purchases. Manuel Oliver, whose 17 year old son Joaquin died, is an artist who has created projects honoring his son and condemning gun violence. He recently took on comic Louis C.K., who mocked the victims during a December performance at his website, Change the Ref dot org Oliver poses as a stand up comedian in the form of a joke he tells about dropping his son off the day he died, and no one laughs um He also I believe was the parent who stood up um recently um during a a hearing that was taking place on gun issues in Congress where uh, Congressman Matt Gates had uh basically talked about. Uh, something that was not, had nothing to do with gun violence, and uh, he objected to that um, quite loudly, and that made the, the news as well. Um, some of the people that we have been observing quite closely, of course, uh, former Sheriff Scott Israel, who the governor suspended on January 11th, saying he, quote, repeatedly failed and has demonstrated a pattern of poor leadership. Now, before the shooting, uh, Scott Israel had changed his department's policy to say deputies may confront shooters from shall confront shooters. And that, of course, was what gave cover to the eight deputies who did not confront the gunman when they arrived during the shooting and instead stayed outside. Scott Israel's attorney says he intends to challenge the suspension And he intends to run again next year, which is shaping up to be a pretty intense primary because the current sheriff, Gregory Scott, is a Democrat as well. So he would have to challenge him for the nomination since he is the incumbent sheriff now. Um, And, uh, of course, I'm one of these people who believe that the sheriff's department should not be one of those offices where party affiliation or partisanship should take place at all. When I dial 911, I don't ask them to send a conservative or uh, a liberal or a Democrat or a Republican. I just want them to send a sheriff to my house. Uh, Another one of the people, of course, that came under tremendous fire was Scott Peterson, a longtime Broward Sheriff's deputy who was assigned to the school and retired very shortly after the shooting. Security video showed he drew his gun but did not enter the three-story freshman building where the killings took place. Instead, he took cover nearby and stayed there for about 50 minutes. In interviews with the Today Show and the Washington Post, he said he did not know where the shots were coming from. He was subpoenaed to testify before the State Investigative Commission, but invoked his Fifth Amendment right to silence after it was announced he is under criminal investigation. The commission concluded that he lied about not knowing the location of the shooter, and several members called him a coward. He is collecting a pension of more than $100,000 annually. I don't think any amount of money um, can erase the pain that he has to uh, uh, now go through daily for what he lacked to do in those incredibly important moments of the shooting. Uh, the superintendent of schools, Robert Runsey, is a um, remains in office, although many of the victims' families um, would prefer to see him removed. Uh, he does have a backing of, the, of a majority of the nine-member school board, and uh, Governor DeSantis, while he would have liked to s- suspend uh, Secretary Runcie, he said state law won't allow it because Runcie is an appointed official, not an elected official, and it is very complicated for him to remove all the school board members that would in fact... Um, you know have to have to leave in order for there to be um a change in heart let's put it that way so a lot of the uh names have become national names they've become national stories certainly this country in its entirety has been talking about whether or not um it is appropriate for schools in an effort to mitigate um this uh school to pipel- pipeline from school to prison Um, in my opinion, nonsense, um, that many young people are violent and inappropriate in school settings and it is excused um, because they don't want to castigate or tie those kids' behavior to a future outcome. And many of us believe that that's exactly what happened in this instance, that this, this killer who said he would plead guilty in exchange for a life sentence, uh, yet the prosecutors remain uh, steadfast in seeking the death penalty. We still don't have a trial date set. Um, He was charged in November with attacking a jail guard who investigators say told him not to drag his sandals while walking. The guard was able to fend off the attack, uh, this is not a healthy camper. Anyway, we're going to take a break and then we're going to wrap this up for this final segment of the show. And we're going to talk about some other things in the final hour of the program and, uh, and, and hopefully, um, use this last few minutes to either remember or to challenge what's gone on in the year since the tragedy at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. And this one-year anniversary of the Parkland Massacre, and that's the only way you can describe what happened that day. Um, We are just revisiting it and talking about some of the um, close-to-home experiences that people are having. You know, I often tell this story because it is directly related in in every way, shape, or form. Um, You know, I remember when the Sandy Hook uh, elementary school shooting took place and just the raw emotion that the country was was hit with Um, because those those innocent children um, were mowed down in in that manner and then of course uh, you know many of us remember all the way back to columbine where you had these two disenchanted youth uh, also uh, wreaking havoc in their high school and you know there's a there's a long list and and Shortly after the Sandy Hook events, my husband and a business associate of his uh, came up with a Uh, an idea, and then working together with the person who had the sophistication to manufacture such an item, they came up with an insert that could be placed. It had straps on it, and you could place it on the back of a chair, and you could use the, you know, they had uh, pockets in the back so that you could put your folder, your notebook in it, a place for pens, Um, so it looked very functional, and, and it was very functional, and it was also... Uh, bulletproof, bulletproof uh, to a very high level and could be a child sitting in that chair would not only be protected while sitting in the chair, but all they had to do was slip their hands into the two straps and then they would basically have a bulletproof vest on. Uh, they could wear it front or back. And the idea was that you could train children to get uh, behind this and, and squat down and they would have a shield against an incident like this. And of course, they put it together at the time. Many people were inventing, uh, backpacks that were bulletproof or, or you know, shields of any kind. But I thought ours was one of the best in designs. And we put up a GoFundMe page and we did all kinds of things and could not get any traction. And at one point, my son, who has a a relationship with one of the school board members, asked her to arrange for he and his business associate to go in with her to uh, Superintendent Runcie's office and show him the item and, uh, you know, and and offer it to him for Broward Schools. I mean, uh, they could have outfitted every single school from K through twelve in Broward County for I don't know maybe two hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Every school would have had this, um, and they were they were told that uh, they would never put something like this in the schools because the um, the parents would become afraid. It would make children and parents nervous, and I will never forget um the afternoon of the marjory stoneman douglas shooting uh thinking to myself so what's worse parents and and students and teachers who might have felt a bit nervous or the grieving that goes on now that maybe some of this uh, could have been prevented you know um we have teachers in the state of florida now being uh offered an opportunity to carry firearms into schools Uh, i am a proponent of that i think it has to be managed very carefully you don't want um anybody uh carrying in the school but there should be some people assigned who are able um to conduct themselves in a in a manner that is appropriate we actually have a school in florida that's hired uh combat veterans because they know they have been in the experience of being shot at and having to eliminate the shooter um and so one of the school principals in i think upper west uh, upper northwest florida has hired combat veterans at uh, you know at a nice salary to do just that in a school and i think that that is a brilliant idea um but i also know teachers who would be very willing To have the training and who are already concealed weapons, license holders, and could circumvent some of this. You know, if um, one of the faculty members, Aaron Feist, for instance, had been allowed to carry, he had a weapon in his car. He had a CWL. Had he had that weapon on him, not only might he still be alive, but the uh, killer could have been neutralized, as they say, before he did all that damage. Anyway, stay where you are. When we come back. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going on, um, a lot going on in politics. And as for me, I don't like this bill and I don't think the president should sign it.